630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers go toe-to-toe with the league leaders, but in the end, the Colorado Avalanche win by a nose, which may be the only body part Darcy Kemper didn't use to make a save with tonight. It is 2-1 for the Avalanche in a shootout over the Oilers. Kemper stops 49 out of 50 in regulation and overtime. He stopped all 11 shots he faced in OT. That's right, the Oilers had 11 shots in the five-minute overtime. And then he denied the Oilers' big three in the shootout. McDavid can't score. Dreisaitl tries the Rob Brown close-range slap <laughs> shot. Doesn't go in. And Nugent Hopkins just can't quite pick his spot to end the game. Another amazing tilt between these two teams, Rob. And, and really, there, there's a lot to talk about. But the goalies were front and center. I mean, first of all, Kemper... Like I said, 49 out of 50, and Koskinen right with him. He stops 33 out of 34. Well, as we just talked upstairs with Bob, uh, I think Miko Koskinen, with the way he played and killed on that last Colorado power play to end the third period, he stole a point for the Oilers there. And Kemper, with the way he played throughout the entire 65 minutes and then the three shots in the shootout, he stole two points for the Colorado Avalanche. The, the Oilers have gotten good goaltending now for, I don't know, was it four weeks, five weeks? Both goaltenders have been outstanding. They're getting quality starts. Uh, Koskinen, on that shorthanded, at the end, uh, there was two or three that looked like, okay, this come You can see the play developing. It's going to be a one-timer. Okay, this is where the Oilers are going to lose in regulation. Oh, big save. The one that snuck through him, he looked back. He kicked his back foot out, kept it off the goal line. Uh, he was great. And Darcy Kemper, wow. Uh, that was just... Every once in a while, we've been able to witness a, a special night that a goaltender has, whether either for the Oilers or an opposition player. Tonight was one for Kemper. And uh, the, the overtime that the Oilers had... They had 11 shots, and the 11 shots, I'm guessing, came off of either Drysettle, Nugent Hopkins, or McDavid's stick. So it wasn't, he was just, uh, it was, you know, dump-ins from the, the red line. It was the Oilers' best players with grade-A scoring chances. So it was, it was, we expected a fun game, and it certainly delivered on that. So the Oilers' record now 42-25-6. and six. They are denied a franchise record 10th consecutive win at home and their overall winning streak stops at six the avalanche have now won six straight they have 52 wins on the year they're 52 14 and six and despite some of the challenges we've seen them face from teams who have played well against them and no disrespect to Calgary because I think they're a great team. I still think Colorado's the t- team to beat in the West. They are, and there's certain reasons. One's they get great goaltending, and you can't be a great team unless you have great goaltending. Two, they got depth. I mean, they're missing two really important parts of their team uh, in Landeskog and, and Kadri, and then Eric Johnson wasn't in the lineup tonight. Another solid defenseman on, on their team. So those guys aren't yet. They continue to win back-to-back games. I saw what their record was in back-to-back games. Kind of silly. It was something like stupid like 13-2 and two or 13-1. and one. So this is just it's a well-coached team. Uh, they got superstars. They play the game the right way. And when they do have breakdowns, they have a goaltender that bails them out. I agree. Uh, any, any team that wants to represent the West in the, the Western Conference is going to have to go through Colorado at some point. 
All right, so 2-1 is the final. That's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. And the only goal for Edmonton tonight, it gave them 1-0 lead, 5-24 into the third. It was scoreless up until that point. Warren Fogle gets his 11th, tipping the Darnell Nurse point shot. Uh, nice play by, by Nurse. There was some confusion with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the puck went out to Nurse, and no one knew who went to go, to go get him. That allowed Nurse to, to move to the middle, and that was a shot looking for a tip. He, he wasn't trying to score. He put the puck in the perfect spot. For players that are standing in front of the net, you want you don't want the puck on the ice. You want the puck about two feet off. That way, when you deflect it, it can go up or down, and that fools the goaltender, and you put it nice flat plane coming in, and Fogel went to the net and got a stick on it. So it was nice. That was the only way you're going to score in Kemper. You weren't scoring straight on him. Something was going to have to tip off someone to go in the back of the net. And Fogel, who uh, was reunited with Ryan and Nugent Hopkins, uh, has been very good there and, and starting to create a little bit of offense for that line. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. McDavid's point streak comes to an end after... 15 games this evening. He finished with uh, five shots on goal and 24-13 of ice time. Let's go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Maybe take me through how you, you feel your team performed tonight. I know it's not the result you wanted, but another game where you went toe-to-toe. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was a very exciting game for our fans. Uh, as a coach uh, standing behind our players, you saw everybody lay it on the line and compete at a very high level. Um, we got an important point out of that game. Obviously, we wanted to. We lost the skills competition in the shootout, um, but we had chances to win that game, and uh, I'm proud of the effort that our players put forth. That was uh, playoff like feel to that game yeah that has that uh, you know it's low scoring uh, not necessarily trading tons and tons of chances do you, do you think that your group functioned well against an opponent of that caliber in that type of game yes I did I thought our team played very hard uh, it's uh, unfortunate that uh, we couldn't just keep playing hockey it felt like a playoff game and in a playoff game there are no um, shootouts uh, you, you play until um, uh, you find a winner just in, in regular play so it was um, tough way for us to end that one but uh, proud of the effort um, there's a lot of good in that game we're gonna have to build on it as we move down the stretch here when you say a lot of good can you uh, like I think I know what you're talking about but can you kind of give me a shopping list of the things sure. you saw that you're happy to see yeah I think uh, first of all we had all four lines going I didn't I didn't have to look for players uh, we had all four lines going and we've had that down this stretch here we've been playing some good hockey here but um, I thought um, we committed to playing a certain style of hockey that I think is conducive to um, the hockey that's going to get played here in the month of May. Uh, so we're conditioning ourselves in that type of atmosphere or environment. Um, I thought the goaltending was excellent. I thought our penalty kill was excellent. I thought our sacrificing for our teammates um, was excellent. And in the end, I really enjoyed watching our players compete extremely hard for one another. And what do you do? Uh, you've got two goalies that are both 
playing at the top of their game this season for sure. What do you, how do you run these guys these last nine games, and, and what are you looking to happen among the two of them? Well, I think uh, they're both going to play important games for us down the stretch here, and uh, it's a good luxury for a coaching staff to have two uh, veteran goalies that are, are playing at a very high level. Uh, Jay, just here to your left uh, this morning, you said all you need to do is look at the standings for motivation. Are there games like this where you, not necessarily less coaching, but they, they know what's what's on the line. You kind of just you, you sort of throw them out there and let them do what they want to do against the team that's ranked number. Yeah, I, I think we're in the find a way time of year, and it's the players' time of year. So uh, we're preparing our players, but um, when we close the gate, the players are the ones who decide the games. And like I said earlier, I think our, the way our players competed for one, one another was uh, it was fun to watch. Jay, your, your team has been really strong in the last two weeks. What's what's happened within your team since that forgettable night in Calgary? Well, I would say in our run here, it's not. It wasn't. I wouldn't even go back to two weeks, but 12-2-2 two and two in our last 16 games, I think, is a credit to the work that our players are putting in. Um, they're finding ways, and uh, we're very lucky that we do have good players, players who care for each other, and um, they lay it on the line like this, like you saw tonight. Jay, Connor McDavid saw a couple of personal streaks come to an end, but would you say the way he kind of drove offense and, and played tonight was was up there with some of those? Uh... Yeah, he was, he was excellent tonight. I thought uh, even a lot of the defensive plays he made in our own end were uh, top-notch, and he was a threat every time he was on the ice. So, um, you know, found a way to help our team get an important point. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft, coach of the Oilers, after they lose 2-1 in a shootout to the Colorado Avalanche. Really exciting game tonight for Edmonton. I mean, really just couldn't find the, the goal they needed in regulation. But like you said, Rob, they, they killed off a penalty late in the third period. It, it was really interesting how this game was officiated as we'll look at the power place for extreme power products your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations including a new one in cameras check out extreme with the next powerproducts.com so both teams go 0 for 2 on the power play back-to-back -back penalties in the second period there's what a two or three second overlap and then uh, Bouchard gets called for interference um, which probably had been overlooked most <laughs> of the night and then I, I actually texted a couple friends after the third period I said the Oilers will get a power play in overtime well, I agree. At that point, you gave the Colorado Avalanche a chance to win the hockey game. And so anything that was remotely close in overtime was going to be called. Had they not called the penalty on Bouchard, they probably don't call the penalty on McKinnon. I thought up until the penalty on Bouchard, I thought the referees called an excellent hockey game. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a vicious game. It wasn't a, a really overly physical game. So I thought the refs let them play. Okay, you know what? You're, you're close to being inside the guidelines at all time. We're going to let you play. And, and they, they, they let the two teams try to decide who was going to win the hockey game. They didn't want to be the, the reason for it. So to call the penalty on Bouchard, that is a penalty. Most nights that is a penalty, but not in a, a, a tie game with two minutes to go in, in what has been an absolutely incredible hockey game. You don't make that call at that point. So up until then, with so for the fur, what is that? 58 minutes the referees did a great job then they made that call and you're right it's, they're looking for something in overtime to call and mckinnon gave them that chance all right let's check the scoreboard here because there are some interesting results to tell you about the scoreboard for edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi-trailers head to edmontontrailer.com big win for vegas a game they needed to win against arizona 6-1 is the final 
And also Dallas lost today 3-1 to New Jersey. So Vegas and Dallas are tied in points. Dallas still has two games in hand, but remember, it used to be a point or two. Dallas was ahead with four games yep. in hand. Like that's a, I mean, look, they still have the advantage, but that's uh, that's a costly loss for yeah. Dallas against the team everybody's pounding. Quite frankly, can also tell you that the Blues beat the Islanders six-one. Might be might be over for the Islanders, Rob. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I was giggling when I saw that one too. I was like, oh, and I was trying. To, you were looking the other way. I was trying to hold my phone up to the glass between us. Uh, yeah. The, it's funny that the Vegas is now tied points-wise, or no, excuse me, now tied games-wise with L.A. They're two points behind, so they have made up ground. Uh, the problem for Vegas, I looked at their schedule the remainder of the year. They've got five games against playoff teams. They've got a tough schedule, and they have two, I believe, three-game road trips. So it's not going to be easy for Vegas. If Vegas comes and makes it, if they knock out either Dallas or oh, L.A. or L.A., and that's the one, that's the one well, I have think a they have a chance. Of LA I agree. The played. If they do, they're going to earn it. Yeah. They're, uh, they're going to have to probably go. I think they have nine games left. I'm guessing at very worst seven and two over the remainder of the season if they have a chance. And uh, L.A., they've. They're getting healthier. They're playing well, but they're one of those teams that every game is close, that one bounce might go the wrong way. I still believe it's probably going to be Edmonton L.A., but Vegas is making a push. Canucks beat San Jose 4-2. Ducks over the Flyers 5-3. Rangers shoot down the Senators 5-1. Blue Jackets in overtime 5-4 against the Wings. Toronto beats Montreal 3-2. Matthews scores twice. He now has 58. Calgary got a 4-1 win in Seattle, and Florida got a 4-1 win at Nashville. Also, it's the Capitals topping the Penguins 6-3. Oil Kings won this afternoon 6-4 over Red Deer, I believe. Is it Lethbridge they're going to play? I got an email. Yes, the Oil Kings will play Lethbridge in the uh, first round of the playoffs starting in this building Thursday, April 21st. Bakersfield Condors won 6-5 over the Colorado Eagles. Ryan Fanti, the new prospect goalie, uh, 35 saves for the win. And Denver got five goals in the third period to win the NCAA title, 5-1 over Minnesota State. And I was just reading that St. Albert's own Michael Benning was named the MVP of the Frozen Four. Oh, good for him. Congratulations awesome. to him and to Carter Savoy, and they are national champions. All right, we will call a quick timeout. We are live in Studio 99. We have postgame comments from Miko Koskinen and Connor McDavid coming up. Oilers get a single point, 2-1 shootout loss to the Avs. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Thrust around the boards for Nate McKinnon. He controls and dishes. McCarr setting up, tipped in front. Koskinen, a tremendous sliding stop on a redirect by Lekkinen. All right, that's the save of the game. A lot of options there for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen, excellent. Kemper, outstanding. I mean, robbed Pugliarvi twice. I, I thought... Pugliarvi shot it over the net on that shot in the third period. He just got and a bit of replay, it. He got his forearm on Well, it's funny. That I, I got a text, and they're like, is, you know, Pugliarvi, should he have scored that? Pugliarvi put it right where he wanted. Both times he... Yeah, he didn't flutter, it's a, though. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough one-timer, because it's not one where it's coming across your body, where you get to take the big offside one-timer. He got it quickly off his stick. He got height on it, and he didn't just, like, put it back into the goalie, and Kemper made two great saves. The first one... Kemper played it and, and he came over and his body was there. The second one, uh, there was an entire open net and he just threw his arm back and uh, an inch higher. Pugliarvi has a goal. I thought I thought yes, he had a great game. You know, he didn't capitalize on his opportunities, but he had a number of opportunities. And a game where Connor McDavid's point streak came to an end, he easily could have had five points. 
because every one of the grade A scoring chances that Pugliarvi had was on the pass from McDavid. So it was uh, it was a good game by Yessi and a good game by all of the Oilers from top to bottom. I, I don't know if you look at any player in this game no, and I, say they didn't have a I mean, sure, there were mistakes. Oh, you, there's always mistakes. You'd want do-overs, but I thought it was just a well-played game overall. In the compete level from both teams top to bottom, I thought it was outstanding. I thought the Oilers' fourth line, you, you saw from uh, Cassian, I thought he was more engaged than we've seen in the past. I thought... Um, uh, on the other side, Brassard. I thought that was, he seemed to be a little more, and he, he, he was in a different role. When he first came here, he was playing on the third line. He was looking to create offense. Well, now when you're playing on the fourth line, you're looking to, with McLeod, you're looking to create momentum. And I thought he did a good job putting the pucks in the right spot, getting pucks in deep. So it was a, it was a game that I think at the end of the night, the every, every Edmonton Oiler can think, you know what? I gave what I needed to give. 2-1, the Avalanche pull it out in a shootout. Shots were 50-34 for the Oilers. Kemper was outstanding. Koskinen very good as well. Here's Koskinen along with Connor McDavid. You don't always make a statement in a loss, but but sometimes you do. But do you kind of look at this game that way that you outshoot a team 50 to 34, 11 nothing in overtime, and, and lose in a skills competition? Do you think maybe Edmonton made a statement tonight, even though the game ultimately didn't go the way you wanted it to? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought we played a good game. You know, obviously, don't never like a loss. Um, you know, I thought we could have, should have found a way to get two, and uh, only found a way to get one. So, um, always disappointing that way. Um, you know, but there's a lot of things to like in that one. Uh, that overtime was something else. I mean, I mean, some of it was on a power play, but it was still 11 nothing. Can you kind of just describe that that frantic five minutes there, where it looked like you guys had probably half a dozen chances to knock one in? Yeah, lots of looks. You know, four and these are tough. Um, you know, they really are. I think they're one of the harder power plays. Um, you know, but I thought we got a lot of good looks and just couldn't find a way to bang one home. Miko, uh, just maybe your thoughts on how you felt in there tonight. You made some saves that were uh, pretty athletic uh, in that crease, and just how did you feel? Uh, I, I felt good, and the team played like really well, like front of me. That makes makes my job pretty easy, and uh, it was like a playoff kind of game. There wasn't too many quality chances, and um, I really like how how we played tonight. Connor, your coach has talked a couple times now about the way you guys are playing for one another in his eyes. He, he sort of sees that in your group, that that element is is very much there. Do you agree with that? How do you, you know, what do you see on, in the, on that front? Well, I mean, we're scratching and clawing to get in. That's all we're doing. Um, you know, it's a dogfight to, to get a playoff spot this year, and, you know, we're just trying to find a way to get in. <laughs> Your team, uh, this was a patient game, right? It's 0-0 most of the way through. Uh, you guys never, you, know, you exhibited some some patience and some defensive work that maybe you guys have been working on for a while. Is this the kind of game that has to get played you know, to win games in May? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a playoff, playoff style game. Um, you know, not, a, not a ton of chances going either way. And um, you know, I liked how we, we stuck with it and, and hung in there against a good team and um, found a way to get a point. Miko, you and Mike Smith are both at the very top of your game here right now. Um, I don't know who's going to play more or when or how it's going to go, but can you just tell us about you know, the state that both of the Oilers goalies are in right now? It hasn't been much better than this for a while. Yeah. I don't know. I just 
try to focus like one game one game at the time and uh, when it's my turn to turn to play then I'm want to play as well as possible and um, Mike has been playing really well lately and uh, I think it's only only positive thing, thing that two two goalies are playing well all right, that's Koskinen and McDavid after the Oilers fall 2-1 in a shootout to the Avalanche. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. We will welcome William to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. William, go ahead. Hey, it's more of a question for Robert there. Uh, I'm just wondering, you come, Robert, you only scored 49 goals and never hit 50, but when you come in that shootout when you're dry settle, why are you taking that slap shot there? <laughs> it's funny you say that um, when shootouts came in when I was in the minors that was my shootout move was a slap shot I would come to just inside the hash marks and I would go slap shot top glove every single time and if you pick your spot the goalie can't stop it because it's a slap shot from 15 feet out uh, Leon missed his spot but uh, to me it's that was the only thing I did that probably 50 60 times in my career and had a pretty good success rate if 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 you can find your spot the goalie has no chance on it leon just missed it so i've i am just it's just another way to score goals and i i would i would never question any decision leon makes with this puck on his stick he's as good as there is in the national hockey league i was surprised he didn't i haven't seen him try that before um and if he would have scored we've been like why doesn't he do it more often i think tonight was a night where uh, Kemper was just that good and I think another thing and Bob mentioned it uh, on the radio near the end that the ice might not have been as good as usual and when the ice isn't as good as usual it makes it harder to deke make moves um, so maybe that was one of the reasons he decided he was going to shoot but yeah I, I'm all for the slap shot on a, on a penalty shot or a breakaway. Yeah if you miss the goalie it's probably going to go in. Well it's going to go I mean all you have to do is hit your spot because the goalie the goalie's not going to move to catch it so it's like when you take a wrist shot the goalie sometimes can move his glove to save the puck you don't save a slap shot it hits you so uh, I was I like going over the glove there always seems to be more move or more room there than going over the blocker but did you, it's funny though when you watch the replay did you see his blocker bend like his blocker move quite a bit from the force of the shot Leon just missed his spot by about three or four inches all right two one abs in a shootout Nathan McKinnon got the only goal of the shootout he also scored the tying goal for the abs with 507 left in regulation uh, a, a few things that happened on that play it's funny the the Oilers send out Leon's line to go head-to-head against uh, against McKinnon and Leon does his job he wins a faceoff won it clean uh, but Randon got on his horse and as Nurse was trying to take the puck and rim it around Randon just got the stick lifted and when he lifted the stick was able to steal the puck and then it was a little bit of chaos because the defense or the winger that was supposed to go out to the point wasn't there Leon had to so when Leon went out there that all of a sudden meant McKinnon was going to be wide open and then it was just bad luck the puck bounces off a forward in front of the net for the avalanche and lands right where the best player on the colorado avalanche is standing and mckinnon makes a nice move and it's he he barely got it inside the post like he went top shelf barely got it in it just uh to me that was a really good play by a colorado avalanche four check i was wondering for a second 
if the Oilers were, I mean, you wouldn't unless you knew for sure. Right? They probably looked at it. If they were going to look at a hand gloved, pass. Gloved. I thought that too. Nikishin put his arms up. Yeah. I, I'd have to take even another look at the replay, but I guess it didn't. But hit. I don't. Can you can you uh, do a coach's challenge on a hands pass? Yeah, remember they changed that a few years ago because there was that play in the playoffs. It was kept alive by a high stick. I think it was St. Louis and San Jose. So they kept the puck alive. If it leads to a goal, okay, you can challenge a uh, glove pass or a high stick. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, it went through my mind too. Um, but it was it was nice hands by McKinnon uh, to put the puck in the net. And again, just like we said that the only way that you're going to score a goal on Kemper tonight was a deflection. The only way you were going to score a goal on Koskin tonight was the same thing. It was going to be an odd play where he was in the right position. The puck deflects off the Colorado Colorado Avalanche player's hands. And now all of a sudden, everybody was out of position except for McKinnon. All right, 2-1 Avs win in a shootout. We'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Alex standing by. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Okay, the first thing I thought, what, what happened to Edmonton for this first seven minutes? It didn't show up. Okay? That's what I saw. I saw the whole thing, man. I'm going to, I was greeting my teeth. I'm going, what is happening here? Okay? So there's got to be playoff. Kemper, yeah. Okay. Rob, a question to you, my friend. A sniper. Ruby RV in the off season. Do you remember uh, back in the old days? It was a uh, hockey meter, hockey meter, hockey school, or you know all that. Tell me, Howie me, Meeker Hockey School. Yeah, I went to it years and years ago. Absolutely, and I and I love you, man. I love you guys. Show, but I'm a little overrated about excitement right now. I'm a little cautious right now. The first seven minutes of this game sucked. Edmonton did not show up. Yeah, but then you, let's look at the other side of it, though. What about the the second period? How, how the Oilers played. I, I, it was nice. It was. I, I got that too. All I'm saying. Oh my God, I'm getting scared of even LA right now and Calgary. You, you're damn right. Calgary, well, you suck. And 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 guess what? We're gonna get through LA. Well, you think, and whoever, sorry, and you think the Flames suck? You, but I, I need something. I need, I need more. Oh, well, I mean, the the Oilers just put 50 shots up against the best team in the National I know, Hockey but League. Did you see the shots? Come on. Come yeah, on, I saw. lift it upstairs a little bit. Come on, a little oh, bit. I, I, the, I thought a little bit of shots. Yeah, come on, man. Oh, I, this gonna, was a game. You're that, not going to get around on this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think that there's a lot of people pretty excited with the way the Edmonton Oilers played today. 50 shots against the best team in the National Hockey League in a game that uh, Darcy Kemper... Darcy Kemper was all-world today. And I know that he's part of the team and it's just one player on it, but Darcy Kemper got the Colorado Avalanche two points. I I don't... The Oilers are, gonna, the Oilers are in the playoffs and they're going to have a tough first-round match. They'll probably be favored, whether it's Vegas or L.A., but it's not going to be easy. Then they're going to have to play, go through Calgary, and Calgary is a very good hockey club. So there's this, there's no easy way through. The Edmonton Oilers are a good hockey club, but there are a lot of other good hockey cl- clubs yeah, out I there. Yeah, I mean, the playoffs, I mentioned this on the face-off show because I was talking to one of the Avalanche media members here today, and he was saying if we draw Dallas, he goes, they can just clamp it down. They're tough. Yeah. And then we'll have to play Minnesota and look how good they are. Absolutely. I don't know if they get, like, this well, is a guy who covers not... the Avalanche with 52 wins saying these teams might have our number. And that's not even mentioning St. Louis, who's won a Stanley Cup. And they're a very good hockey club. The eight teams that win, there's going to be eight teams in each conference making the playoffs. And you can make a case that any one of those 16 teams 
could be the Stanley Cup champions yeah, I mean, in two months' time. Some longer shots than others, but but they're all dangerous. All teams have flaws. Yeah. And then uh, over a two-week series, it could be hot goalie, cold goalie, hot special teams, cold special team, injury. I mean, I was talking to I got a buddy who follows the Flames very closely, and he said Nashville would be a nightmare. He said if we draw Nashville, that's a nightmare. We could oh. lose in the first round. And I'm thinking it's an eight-day <laughs> That's what Sutter said. Waste well, of time. What, if, what if all of a sudden it's Vegas that they do catch and Vegas gets healthy? You imagine having to play a Vegas healthy team that was many thought would win the Western Conference at one point. Now they get healthy and come in as an eight seed or they come in and that's who the Oilers play in the first round. Uh, to me, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time finding any negativity in today's game because I thought it was highly entertaining. I thought the Oilers played very well. And question marks that the Oilers have going into the playoffs, one of them would be goaltending. Mikko Koskinen was excellent in this hockey game tonight. Yeah. And, yeah, Colorado was better early. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, they were. Fair enough. But I, I, starts have not been a problem for the Oilers like they were earlier in the season. And, I mean, say whatever you want, the Avalanche didn't score. I mean, you will yep. not outplay a team for 60 minutes. You, nope. you have to limit the damage or prevent any damage. I mean, it was 1-1 going to overtime. I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, pretty tight game. Well, and, and it was funny. Jay Woodcroft mentioned it, too. I mean, come playoff time, that this game this game might have gone till tomorrow. That's right. Because that's true. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be a shooter. It's not going to be three-on-three three hockey. It's going into overtime, five-on-five. Five. And the way both goaltenders were playing and the way both teams were playing, uh, no, is very few odd-man rushes in this game. This could have gone a long, long time. Again, it was an excellent hockey game that I think Edmonton and other fans, despite the fact they only got one point, are feeling pretty good about the way their team is playing right now. Vicky is a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. She took the under total goals by defenseman in the game, one and a half. There were zero. That is presented by River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. So 2-1 abs in a shootout. We got Sir Robert, Allen, and Frank next in the batting order on the phone line. We're live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. All right, hope you've had a good Saturday. Avalanche get by the Oilers 2-1 in a shootout. No scoring through two. Fogel his 11th from Nurse at 524 the third. McKinnon his 26th from Nakushkin and Taves at 1453. In the shootout, McDavid stopped, McKinnon scores, Dreisaitl stopped, Rantanen stopped, Nugent Hopkins stopped, and that ended it. So the Oilers' six-game winning streak is over. Their nine-game home ice winning streak is over. They do get a point, so they're 42-25-6. and six. And in the Pacific Division, of course, they uh, remain in second place. They have 90 points. L.A. has 86. Games played is now equal. And Vegas has 84. Their games, all those teams have played 73 games. So the order's in a good spot with nine games to go. Just got to keep trying, uh, banking some more points with some they, more tough games ahead. They got, a, I mean, a really good opportunity. I would, I would expect they're going to have a 100-point season. A great chance at it. They go five and four, barely over 500 the rest of the way. 100-point season. Uh, it's, it's. Shows you the kind of season that Colorado and Calgary are having. The Oilers are going to come in around 100 and still be second in the division probably. All right, we'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Alan standing by. Hey, Alan, go ahead. Hi, how are you tonight? Quite well. I've got uh, just three points. I'll, I'll say them very quickly, and uh, you can comment on them. I thought, uh, uh, sum, to sum up the game tonight, uh, two real hot goalies. Uh, uh, Camper, nine 
80 save percentage and uh, Koskinen 971. Uh, both goalies held top scorers off the sheet. Uh, Kemper, just the difference. It's sort of like, you know, a tap out on a on a wrestling match, one, two, three, and who's the winner, right? On a great fight, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, and then the, the call on Bouchard. Uh, hey, you know when it's getting, it's getting getting down to this, when you call, uh, you know, off the boards, and then a, it was it was like a hair between calling a penalty and not. That it was kind of cheesy, but uh, they they beat that out. And then the other point is. I know a lot of my friends are, are, are uh, uh, pretty disappointed in, in, in Darnell Nurse's uh, uh, giveaways and uh, just wondering what his plus-minus is for the year. Uh, where's my sheet here? I don't know what it is. It's quite good. Darnell Nurse's plus-minus is still he pretty is good. now, what was he, minus one today, I guess, or was he even? Well, he would have been even because he said the assist, so he's plus 16. Who's your favorite? Is he, is he still on the line, Angie? Yeah. Who's your favorite wrestler? You made a uh, wrestling reference. Well, I just, I just, uh, I just, you know, back in the day of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Stampede wrestling. But I, <laughs> I just know that I just, I just know that uh, you know, a good battle fought, and uh, you know, when the guy looks like he's just down and out, and he gets flipped, and then he gets, and then he gets pinned for three. It was that kind of a thing tonight. It was, uh, it was so close. It was the go- it was the goal. It wasn't goaltending. It was just the goaltender that won the game. That's all I can say. Yeah. Thanks. We appreciate the call. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh, yeah. Well, somebody asked plus minus stat. We don't get that very often. No. I mean, the, it, it's one of those. I, I got a buddy. As soon as the that goal was scored, it said nurse's fault and question mark question mark and yes and no. Uh, clean win by Leon Dreisel. did he did his job he got it back nurse has the step because of the the wide hash marks now on the circles he's got room to get to the, the puck and on that play you rim it get it all the way around the other side so now if you're fighting for it you're fighting for it at the at the blue line against the boards uh, so yeah he had to get it out but then I also great play by Rantanen and we see this the opposite all the time we see Connor doing it and Leon and Yamamoto where they strip guys in the offensive zone they just get their stick underneath and, and pickpocket them and then you make a play out of it so uh, yeah nurse probably should have made the play but I give more credit to Rantanen on that for being a for making a very smart and quick play offensively because you he had to cover a lot of ground to get to that one face off by Leon Dreisettle. all right two one abs take it in a shootout we have Sir Robert standing by hey Sir Robert go ahead Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Well, I got a couple. Uh, I got a couple points tonight. I'm gonna start with uh, Kale McCarr. I mean, that kid is that kid is some kind of talented. I mean, he's gonna be. Uh, I mean, he's at what 75 points now, and he's a, he's gonna be. Honestly, I got. I, I mean, honestly, I can see him getting 85 or 90 points in a season. He's just he's just, he's just that good and so fun to watch. And then, uh, and then, and then, and then, I mean, you know what? Tonight, obviously, if I touch on the, on a touch quickly on uh, on what that previous caller said. I mean, the, uh, I mean, the goaltending tonight was, I mean, out of this world. If the Oilers had won in the shootout, we'd we'd all be saying, well, Koskinen was one save better. In this case, Kemper was one save better. 
So I guess I guess to sum it up, I'll say, you know what, in two games, it, honestly, in two games, in my opinion, to be 0-0 and 2, I'll take that as opposed to as opposed to 0-2, and two, especially with the Colorado being the number one team in the league. So it's a great game tonight. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, Rob, it, it's so close. I mean, look, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs or there should be in there. Again, we're talking about team. They won't be one of the top five favorites to win the cup, probably when the, you list the 16 teams once we get there. But, uh, you know, first of all, you got to be in the game. Yep. I mean, and they played with Colorado twice. Yes, they didn't beat them. Uh, but if this were a playoff game, it would be crushing to lose. But the first thing is you got to be in the games. I mean, if it comes down to the last five minutes overtime, I mean, they went to overtime three times last year against Winnipeg. Yep. Didn't win. There, no, there were reasons they didn't win. But you got to be able to play games like this. You have to be comfortable with it being 0-0. Leading or trailing one nothing in the third period. You have to be comfortable. You can't panic and change what you're doing. And I agree, and I think the others are. I don't see them getting out of their game plan late in a hockey game. I don't see them um, throwing pucks away. They didn't. The Colorado put them under pressure a few times, and they, they didn't crack with stress. Uh, you know, there's there's certain players that we've talked about. Let's talk defensively. Barry and Bouchard. I thought both were, were fine tonight. Uh, uh, playing against a very good Colorado team. There wasn't the gr the grade A five alarm uh, type of mistake made by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they they played it close to the vest. When there wasn't a play, they dumped the puck in. I think that's another thing we've seen lately with the Oilers. And it, and it starts at the top. But Leon and Connor, if they don't have plays, they're dumping the puck in. Now, if they're doing it, well, then now if you're Zach Cassian or if you're Ryan McLeod, well, I'm going to dump it in. So uh, it was a very good hockey game that normally in a shootout, the Oilers seem to find a way to get it done. And if they did, we'd be talking only positive things. So to me, this was a positive night for the Edmonton Oilers uh, moving forward. Just put one, one point closer to solidifying their playoff spot and their home ice advantage in the first round. And to top it off, a very exciting, fun game to watch. First time the Oilers have gone to a shootout this year and not won. They well, won the go. first four this year. Avs take it 2-1. Okay, certainty hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Frank standing by. Hey, Frank. Good discussion tonight. I enjoyed the game. I listened to it. I watched part of it, and I've listened to you guys. I've got a bit of a pet peeve. My pet peeve is... And the officials are letting them play tonight. And when you hear that, you know that my favorite call in hockey, the interference penalty, is going to be highlighted because the officials are going to sort of change their mind about what is interference and isn't interference as the game goes by. I'm old enough to remember Mario Lemieux going off on the league as garbage because they wouldn't call the interference calls. My question, I guess, for you guys is quite simple. When the officials let them play tonight, does that help the Oilers or does that hinder the Oilers? It hurts the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers are... Well, have maybe a... not against the Avalanche. Oh, true. But <laughs> against most teams in the National Hockey League, the Oilers would prefer a game that where lots of penalties are called. The Oilers got a great power play. Um... If they and another thing, most skilled teams want penalties called because most skilled teams, if they turn it into a, a game where the whistles are put away, that allows the other team to try to even 
even up the skill level by clutching and grabbing and hooking and interference. Uh, the skilled teams are usually take advantage of other teams uh, because they'll have a skill advantage over them. And if the referee's not calling anything, and players know that at the beginning of a hockey game, players test the referees. They say, okay, what? I, okay, I'm going to grab this guy. Is, is he calling that? Oh, okay, now I'm going to grab a little tighter. Okay, now I'm going to get the stick a little higher. And as the game goes on, players realize where the line is, and it's not always the same. And it, it, late in the season and playoffs, the line is completely blurred. Nobody knows what it is until part of the way through the first period, and then everyone plays within that. So to me, the more penalties called in a hockey game benefits the Edmonton Oilers. Having said that, the Oilers are a lot better five-on-five. Five, they are now, yeah. they have played two games against the Colorado Avalanche and surrendered one five-on-five five goal. Oh. I agree. Well, yeah, the, the Colorado Avalanche are a skilled team as well, though. I'm talking about if the Edmonton Oilers play against the LA Kings or Vegas Golden Knights uh, in, in the playoffs or if they played against a Minnesota team or St. Louis, you want a penalty-filled game. Because five-on-five, five, if they're allowed to get I away with get everything... St. Louis. St. Louis' power play is top five. That's true, but I'm just thinking, yeah, <laughs> true. But they're just a big physical team that you want penalties called. But you're right, St. Louis does have a good power. And St. Louis is a good team. I can't, people aren't really talking about them much. They have a good hockey club. They bombed someone tonight, 6-1. Uh, yeah, wonder who that was. Who I don't know who was. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. It was your team. I forgot. Sorry for bringing that up again. Well, yeah, St. Louis has won five. St. Louis has passed Minnesota, actually. St. Louis for, for a while there, they were closer to the wild card than the top yep. three, and now they're into second place. They've won. Uh, they've won five in a row. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Dustin standing by. Dustin, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, gentlemen. Um, a great win tonight. They played really well. I'm happy with the one point, although it would have been nice to have two. I know it's easy to be critical watching the game uh, on the couch in my sweatpants here, but uh, yeah, to pull Um He had a good opportunity. McDavid set him up, and it looked like he put it right in the chest of Kemper. And then later in the game, McDavid, an all-world pass, and it looked like Pugliarvi had half the net to shoot at and uh, wasn't able to finish. Um, it seems like he hasn't scored a goal in, in a while. Do you think he should be bumped down to the second line, or, or what should he do to kind of be able to finish those opportunities? Well, a fair swinger? question. Rob, Rob touched on it earlier. Like, like, I think those were both great saves, but yes. especially the one in the third. That was I mean, unbelievable. He's throwing save. his arm out there, desperation. You're trying to hit the net. He gets it on. When when a puck comes across, you have a wide open net. It, you one time and it because it, it's not. It's a harder one time the way he's coming across because it's coming across his body. You try and hit the or you hit the puck, hit the net, and then get elevated. And he did all three of those things. To me, they were just better saves than they were shots. Um, he's yes, an he has a player to talk about in general, though. Pardon? He, he's an interesting yeah. player to talk about in general. I mean, he has, uh, what does he have I think he's in his got last one, 10 games? Four points in his last 10 games. Does he have one goal since he's come back from injury, I think? He just has the one? Yeah. Yeah, one goal since March 17th. Yeah, and again, uh, th that's the pressure when you're playing with Connor and or Leon, two of the top point getters in the National Hockey League. If you're playing with those guys, you have to capitalize because if Connor and Leon don't score most nights the Oilers aren't going to be successful. So when you get those chances, you have to put it in. Uh, having said that, I thought, yes, he had a really good hockey game today. I did. He didn't He didn't put the puck in the net, but he got He got those chances. He played well. The, li the lineup that the Oilers have right now is the lineup that the, o the Oilers coaching staff wants to have to start to open, the, to open the, the playoffs. And the record of what they've had over the last little while speaks that they're doing it right most nights. And tonight was a night where... I think just the camper was just better 
than the other shooters. Do, do you find with Puliarvi, and I know that he has, like, for the guys who are in advanced stats, he has very positive numbers when it comes to scoring chances for and against on the ice, which is good. I think he is a disruptive player <laughs> just because of his, his size. A lot, a lot of it just by accident. Is he? Do you feel, because I do, that he still sometimes is, is searching to make the right decision with the puck? Yeah. Drive to the net, pass, timing of the pass, uh, I, you know, intensity of the pass, even stuff like that. I think his skill set... And his uh, God-given size is stronger sometimes than his thought process of the game. I think uh, he's just, he's, he's, he's big, he's fast, he's strong, he shoots well. Uh, but when you play with Connor or Leon, you have to take that step up thinking the game. Because they, they, they it's, was it the chess and checkers thing? I mean, they play chess when everyone else is playing checkers. They're thinking three, four, five moves ahead. And sometimes it's hard to, to do that. And as a younger player, you're trying, okay, okay, does he want me here? And as soon as you have that slight hesitation in your game, you're in the wrong spot. Having said that, I think, yes, he played very well. I think uh, the, puck, the puck will go in the net. And the hard thing for, for Pugliarvi, because he's a young player, he's an offensive player, he's not getting power play time. And that's where you get a lot of extra points look at any of the top scores in the national look at all the points they have on the power play so if you're not playing power play time it's hard to get those points and that's a confidence builder for young offensive hockey players and tonight i mean look at evander kane i mean he barely the only time he got out in overtime was in the last 30 seconds just because connor and leon's power play i mean eventually they tired out he didn't play he's on your second power play unit so it's it's tough scoring points if you're not on the first unit Okay, 2-1 Avs win in a shootout. We'll squeeze in a couple more calls here. 780-496-0063. But first, quick timeout. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers off the draw. Derek Ryan into the offensive zone. A shot ended up in the equipment of Devon Taves. And now McKinnon grapples to try to clear. Can't do it. Nurse a shot. Deflected home. A tip in front. And Edmonton has taken a 1-0 lead. Warren Fogle, the deflection. And Edmonton strikes first. Well, that's the only goal the Oilers scored tonight. 2-1 shootout loss against the Avalanche. Fogle scores for two straight games. He now has 11 on the season. It is 12-01 on April 10th. Rob, happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's been, I've been 54 years old now for, for two minutes. Well, for two minutes. For two whole minutes. I didn't think I'd get this far, so I'm pretty excited about it. When are it. you planning your comeback? <laughs> I I was on the ice this morning with, oh, how old? Well, the U11s this morning. And I, it was, I had a hard time keeping up with them, so I, I I might need a little bit more time to be able to make my comeback to this level, to the to the well, U to the U forties. I'm talking about the fall. No, not now. Not joining somebody <laughs> for the playoffs. I'm gonna have to up my gym membership because right now it's usually a bike ride and then the water massage. So I might have to work a little <laughs> bit harder. All right, let's go back to the phone lines for a couple here. Castle Downs, Dan, who's uh, a big volunteer with 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. We appreciate that. Dan, how are you doing? Hey, Reed. No talk. I'm doing well, and I hope you guys are doing well as well. I was uh, fortunate to be in the building tonight for the game. What an amazing game it was. I don't know where anybody would uh, have fault with anything, even the first seven minutes. Uh, you know, you don't. You're playing a team that's 20 points ahead of you in the standings. They are that good. And to uh, come out of that first period with uh, uh, nothing, nothing. I thought the Oilers played very well. Uh, you know, 
like you, I think I heard you say, you know, you hit them for so long and then, you know, you have to be going the other way. So uh, I thought that was great. I thought Jesse had a great game, but I think he's going to be seeing Kemper in his nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those saves were spectacular. And then and like, you've got a split second to make a decision where you're shooting. And, uh, you know, it's a surprise to both Jesse and the goalie, I'm sure. But it's just one of those times when, uh, you know, the goalie got the better of him. It, it happens. I think he's been playing absolutely magnificently. Well, no, it's funny. Just one, one, one point on that. If, if yep. Jesse fanned on either one of those shots, he probably scores. Like that's probably, how. Yeah. It, it's funny because he put the, he got full wood on it, hammered it, elevated. He did everything you're supposed to do. Kemper yep. was just better. And on either one of those, if he would have fluffed it or mishit it, either one of those, it would have gone in the net. So that was just to me. That's why he did everything right. Kemper just was better. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's going to happen. And, I mean, like I say, he's going to be seeing him in his nightmares, I'm sure. But, I mean, other than, like, his play away from the puck has been uh, very well. It has been really good. And then his uh, puck recovery and uh, finally using that big body of his to his advantage has just been an expert all season long. I think that... Uh, um, uh, that he's played very well, and I wouldn't move him off that line for anything. Um, you know, it was a great game all around, and I mean, like, like I say, you know, you're playing with a team that is so good that it's 20 points ahead of you in the standings. You know, like, this is not uh, going to be a cakewalk, but one of the things that I think it is, is I think it's just a brilliant game that the Oilers absolutely needed to have going down the stretch and into the playoffs. Because there's, there's, there's your target right there. Well, that's a good way to play. Yeah. There's your there's your target. Playing at this level against well, that caliber against, against, team. Well, against everybody. Yep. Against everybody. But I mean, this is this is the elite of the Western Conference, and some whatever team represents the West in the Stanley Cup Finals is going to have to beat Colorado at some point because they are the best team in this conference, and the Edmonton Oilers played them to a standstill tonight. It was that was just a great hockey game. We also have Lance standing by. Good morning, Lance. Welcome to the show. I just want to comment on a couple of things, actually. Um, I thought the game was an excellent game. I thought uh, our team did very well. And, um, you know, there was the end result didn't show that we the score was 2-1, to one, but it was a very, very entertaining game. And it's these types of games that I think the Oilers uh, should be uh, more involved in, like, tight knit, tight checking, you know, um, low scoring games. And this will, this will, uh, will elevate their game, so to speak. And let's say it's like um, a practice into playoff games. Cause we all know that playoff games are played the way the game was played today. So they need more experience in that area. But other than that, I thought it was a very, very good game. And I didn't see nothing different about the seven minutes. Yeah, you're right. And it, 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 the one point that you just made there that is very important is these are the type of games the others are going to have to learn how to win come playoff time. Yeah. And they're going to be put under stress. And late in games, whether you're holding a lead or trying to kill off a penalty or 
or how, which players step up, which players falter. And I think tonight the coaching staff saying every player stepped up. Every player did what they needed to do. And you saw that in the way that the ice time was uh, given out late in the game. The fourth line and the third line both played shifts in the last seven minutes of this hockey game. So that means that the, the coaching staff felt that every player that played tonight and every line that was in there uh, did exactly what they needed to do. So I thought the Oilers proved to themselves and prove to, to the National Hockey League and all the teams are going to be playing going down the stretch and in the playoffs, they're capable of playing in these kind of hockey games. Well, and I think, I, I mean, you get into the postseason, how, how well can you play under uncomfortable, intense conditions? Yep. I mean... Oh, it's <laughs> like true. It's, okay. it's one thing You're to play... Be... It's one thing to play New Jersey in February... And you got a four-goal lead. Yeah, they pounded them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, everyone I mean, looks do good at that. that. But, yeah. but how do you, when you're under stress, when you have the Colorado Avalanche coming at you in waves, when McKinnon's picking the puck up with speed at his own blue line, those are the type of things when you have to get the puck out, when you got Kale McCarr there and you got to get it past him, or when Kale McCarr's jumping up in the play, these are the type of things that you got to find out about yourself and about your team. And I think... Uh, I, I, I don't know if I would give a below B grade to any player that played for the Oilers tonight or for Colorado. I thought both teams were excellent, and that's why the game was so fun to watch and the stress level was so high through the entire 65 minutes because if there was one big bonehead play, it was going to cost your team. And I thought both teams really limited the big mistakes. 2-1 abs take it in a shootout, their 52nd win of the year. The Oilers are now 42-25 and 6. Okay, we'll get to a couple more calls here. We have Amanda standing by. Hi, Amanda, go ahead. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say great effort by the Oilers. At least we got a point. No, you're right. It was a, a big point. It's funny in these games that uh, a skills competition can change the the feeling the next day how you feel about the night before but i think this is one even though the Oilers lost the skills competition everyone's going to feel pretty good and say hey did you see you get that game last night was that ever good i just wanted to say happy birthday rob brown oh thank oh, you very much i'm excited and, uh, i made it through another year <laughs> yeah and i heard you said before that you have a dog what kind of dog do you have and what's their name i've got two dogs i got maggie and charlie one's a golden lab and maggie is a, a rescue dog that we have no idea other than it's really really big so i got a big dog and i got a golden lab oh that's so sweet <laughs> thank you all right thank you amanda that's cool seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three one more on the certainty hotline uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly. Feel free to correct me. Is it Sorrell we have standing by? Yes, it is. It's Sorrell. Sorrell, uh, sorry. Wanna wish, just want to wish Rob a happy birthday. And I love listening to you guys. I'm 23 years old, and I've listened to the show since I've been at least six years old. And I just got a good gut feeling about this year, just like in 2016. I sure think the boys are on fire, and they're playing well, and there's chemistry there, and it's just... It's, you know, it's good to see passion and pride in oil country, and I, I just, I love the Oilers, so go Oilers. Right on. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for tuning into the shows. It's nice to hear from uh, a few first-timers tonight as well, yeah, which, is. Is, uh, which is always nice. And for, thanks for staying up late. <laughs> it's always, it's nice to get calls after midnight sometimes, because I, I have had nights where I'm sitting there thinking, especially now we're not together for road games, I'm in my basement, <laughs> and you're wherever, and I'm just like, is this just me and Rob? The... 
Edmonton St. Albert connection. It's You're like you texting your our moms like, "Mommy, you still up?" Yeah, call mm, in. Crickets, crickets. No one. <laughs> all right, just you and I. No, but we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, it was a fun game, a really fun game to cover. Uh, it would have been great for the Oilers to get that extra point or cash in in overtime. Wasn't meant to be tonight, but another point banked. And like I said, uh, four up on Los Angeles, six up on Vegas. They're second in the Pacific Division. Again, Calgary's going to be. Well, Calgary's seven ahead of Edmonton. So Calgary's you know, going to Cal- win the division. Calgary's, yep. Calgary's won four in a row. They're going to get first in the division, and they'll play, uh, well, again, today it would be Nashville. So it still could be Dallas or Vegas. Yeah. So we'll see. Lots to still iron out. Again, the Oil Kings now know their first-round opponent. It's going to be Lethbridge. Go to oilkings.ca for the playoff schedule and tickets. Those first two playoff games against Lethbridge, the 21st and the 23rd, both are going to start at 7. Big thanks to Troy Bowler our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer back at 6.30 Ched. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 6.30Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast is Tuesday, 4.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 6 as the Oilers visit the Minnesota Wild. Oilers hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. We've been live in Studio 99, the final in a shootout, a thriller, Avs 2, Oilers 1. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.